Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the wonderful Taryn Hatcher and her friendly friend, Koo Bear. My morbidly obese cat, Koo, as you can see over my shoulder if you're watching on YouTube. He'll probably come in and out. He might yell. Taryn, that is fine. I think Koo is just excited that the Flyers have won a hockey game. They are no longer on that 13-game losing streak. So Koo is feeling good. Some, I think we're feeling good that we have a, a win to talk about here. Taryn, is this win over the Kings maybe the start of the Flyers getting on a little bit of a run here and making things interesting? Yeah, we decided we were going to put Koo on a diet once the Flyers won again. That explains why he is both – oh, he left. Morbidly obese, but now unhappy and in my face because <laughs> he wants food. Um yeah, I don't – I mean, I don't know. It's weird timing because they have one more game before a break. And so I think that makes this Winnipeg game, like – I get people will say, the, the, you know, at this point, what are – cool. Let's not knock things over in the middle of the podcast. Sorry. Um, hey, buddy. Let's look at him. Um, but, no, I think it's weird timing because they do have one more game. Um, and so if if you don't win that next game – any kind of like a win is a win. A streak is a streak. And it's also awkward because you, you can put together maybe a little bit of a streak here, but then uh, you go on a little bit of a break as well. So I think it's, I do think it's super important that they got it. And I think it's nice that they have a chance to extend it and prove it's not a one-off especially because it was another one of those games. It fell in line with some of their other games, the Ranger game, the game against the Bruins, so on and so forth, where, they played a certain type of hockey that they're looking to play, except for this time they got a result. So you'd hope that it reasserts within them. Like we do have to stick to this style, this level of effort, this, 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 that. Um, If we want to salvage something out of this season, I think when people hear that, they think that most of us are still talking about playoffs and I most definitely am not. Um, But I still think it's, you know, if you want to salvage, bringing up young players and and them learning how to win and them learning how to play the right way, which you do. If you really want Chuck Fletcher to be able to truly evaluate what talent he has and what team he's going to have next year, you want them to play well down the stretch here also. Um, And I think that was important for them because the last thing you'd want is, you know, they don't break that streak before they head into break, which would be highly problematic, or they break it, you know, in the Winnipeg game and then, you go immediately to a break and any good feeling you have also kind of washes away. I think this gives you a little bit more of a foothold to leave, go on this mini break, go on your vacations, whatever they're doing um, with a, with a good, a better feeling about, again, I know everybody hates the process, the process, the process, but feel better about the process that you're trying to establish here. Yes. Is that your question? I'm sorry. I was so distracted by the obese animal that's wandering around over my shoulder. <laughs> no, that was that was the question and a great answer that I was looking right. for. And I, I think Koo helped with that as well. But yes. Definitely didn't, but that's okay. <laughs> you can't understand you. You don't have to be nice to him, Jordan. I know you're a nice person, but he can't speak English, if I'm being honest. <laughs> the spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, 
the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Um, but the Flyers coming off a 4-3 overtime win over the Kings, like you mentioned, Taryn, it did have a feeling that it was going to end the way so many of those games during that losing streak did when the Flyers seemed like they were getting close and then the, 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 the wheels would kind of fall off with a goal against. Uh, fortunately, they held on after giving up their lead in the final minute of the game. They go on to win it over time. You could truly sense a desperation from the team that they knew this had to end. Enough was enough. And now they have one more game before the All-Star break. Tuesday against the Jets at home on NBC Sports Philadelphia. Catch pregame live with Taron Hatcher, postgame live with Taron Hatcher. Uh, and then they head on the All-Star break. But the Flyers could go on this All-Star break with the winning streak. Uh, two games in a row. That's a winning streak in my, in my mind. I know some people debate that. They think it's three. But if the Flyers can win consecutive games going into the break, I think they'll feel good about themselves, Taryn. Yeah. I don't – I mean, like, the whole two versus three is just – especially with this team, it, two is a streak. Just let, it be, yeah. just let it be a streak. Like, honestly, two is a streak. Two is a losing streak, so two is a winning streak also. Um, what do you think was the most important part about getting that win – at that time, Jordan, the win against the Kings. I mean, obviously, it's the only win to speak of. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I think there was a lot of good things about it, but I thought they responded to goals against really well, and that's something we haven't seen from them. Uh, you see these goals against absolutely crush their confidence, crush everything in them, and I thought they did it twice. Not only did they respond really well to, obviously, the game-tying goal where they ended up winning in overtime, but they did respond well to the one goal that made it, I believe, gosh, I'm trying to remember this game, to be honest. 3-2? Maybe when it was 3-2. Mm-hmm. And the very next shift, they absolutely parked themselves in the offensive zone and had a really good shift. They didn't score, but they had a really good shift. You could tell it it didn't come back and snowball into another goal against. Uh, so I thought that was really positive, Taryn, was the goals uh, against and how they responded to them. That's something I think we haven't seen a whole lot of during, or we didn't see a whole lot of during that 13-game losing streak. Yeah, and we were talking about this. I know we are talking about it in the writing room today, and then Scott Allen and I were talking about it. Um, I want to say it was the third period of the game on Saturday uh, within the newsroom as well. There was a portion of the third period, I want to say, where in terms of puck possession and offensive zone time, it almost felt like the Kings were on a power play but it also felt like the Kings were on a power play where they couldn't get any pucks through. Like the Flyers were doing a really good job keeping them to the outside, limiting high scoring chances, limiting dangerous opportunities. And that was something that, and I think that's, again, when you say responding well to goals, I think that's what made me um, the most impressed with their ability to push through this time. The overtime was We've seen how many times that the Flyers do something really well. The game before, they killed off a penalty. It was one of their best penalty kills we've seen. And then as soon as it goes to even strength, who did they play the game? Whatever, two games ago, the team scored a goal. I have to look at it. This is going to bother me. Sorry, guys. It's like all one big blur now. Time is an illusion. You know what they say? Nice. Um, yeah, it was against the Islanders. I thought yeah. so. That game was on last Tuesday. So forgive me for not remembering. But they kill off, like they kill off, they have one of their best kills of the year, and the Islanders come back and they score a goal, and it felt like it totally took the wind out of the sails for the Flyers, and understandably so. In this game, the Flyers 
played like they were able to keep them to the outside in the third period. The Kings still find a way to slip one through and tie the game up. And the Flyers come out in overtime and they're the, there wasn't the letdown that at times there has been when the effort is good and it's still not enough. It's like, I'm trying so hard and I'm still not getting the result I want. Why am I not losing those last five pounds or this, that, and then whatever you're doing in life, like that thing where you're like, I'm doing all the right things. Why aren't the results there? It felt like that was this losing streak so many nights. And then this time, I, like, I like the way that they were able to keep the Kings to the outside for the majority of the third period. Like you, I liked their response to that second goal because they went up 3-1. You felt really good about it. I want to say it was Cam Shorty put them up 3-1. I could be wrong. Um but they go up 3-1, you feel really good about it. And then the Kings respond so quickly and you, you're starting to go, oh God, wheels are coming off again. Yeah. What do you do here? Um, and they did what they had to and it panned out this time. And it felt like that's just what this team needed. Um, especially with the amount of young guys on this team. I think it's – with player even though cam's been up for a stretch now and morgan had a really strong game and morgan's been up for a stretch now so on and so forth like i think with young players it's hard when you feel like you haven't experienced working hard and it paying off the majority of your nhl experience has been working hard to no avail Mm -hmm. i think that's difficult to do uh for the majority of your experience at some point you need to see it pay off. So I think for the young guys, it's probably going to mean more than it does for, you know, the older guys who have been through it. Um, But yeah, it's, it was just, it was nice to see when the trend that's occurred so many games before plays out again. And this time you're able to change the ultimate outcome of it. You feel like everyone learns what it feels like to win again. And that was, that was nice. Even if it was just one win. Yeah. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Flyers Talk is brought to you by Great Railing. Stop into Great Railing for the highest quality and lowest prices for all your railing, decking, and fencing needs. Yeah, I think that's what you're trying to see, Taryn, is winning qualities again. Uh, no, the Flyers were not... We're not pretending that they're suddenly back in the playoff phase because they won a game. No, we're not suddenly pretending like the numerous issues that have played this team are suddenly gone because they've won a game. But ultimately, you are trying to build towards something, whether it be something next season, uh, whether you're looking to identify pieces that can be a part of a winning foundation going into next season. You're looking for these things, and you definitely saw winning qualities in that game Saturday. Big things. Cam Atkinson with these shorthanded goals, you alluded to, Taryn. They're up 2-1 in that game, and here's a chance for them to go on the PK. And a lot of times that would end in a game-tying goal for the opposition. Well, here Cam Atkinson sets up huge shorthanded goal, and and you build confidence with that. Those are winning plays, winning uh, characteristics that you want to see this team play with. 
Um, and you saw numerous times during the game where they responded well um, and, and started showing something that you can maybe look back on, hold on to, and say, that was good, let's build on it. And now we'll see if the Flyers do build on it. There is still a decent amount of runway left here where maybe the Flyers makes things interesting, but even if they don't, maybe we start seeing things that you can take into next season or at least management can look at and know they can use that next season. Uh, these are all things that will be big reasons to watch, I think, this team moving forward uh, as we go here. Taryn, now that we're very close to the All-Star break, which is on uh, later this week, uh, the, the All-Star game and the skills competition are Friday, Saturday in Las Vegas. Uh, T-Mobile Arena, Claude Drew, of course, will be representing the Flyers in his seventh All-Star game. But now that we're getting to this All-Star break, which is uh, kind of the unofficial or official midway mark of the season where you say the second half is here, even though the Flyers are mathematically into the second half, the All-Star break is always that that uh, that benchmark that you always hit and look at. So I want to look at maybe one good surprise and one bad surprise for this team, for you, that the All-Star break is just about here. Let's look at one good surprise in your mind uh, now that the Flyers are at the All-Star break or just about here. Uh, I'd say goaltending. Okay. Um. Well, yeah, no, Martin Jones has been a bit of a surprise, to be honest with you. I didn't think that he, even in the losing streak, he had some games where I'm sure he'd like some goals back, but he's certainly not. I don't think there's many games, if any, where you look at the goaltending and go, that's why they lose. I, I know he got pulled in Buffalo early. Not his best. Um, but that being said, there were so many games last year where you look at the goaltending and then that we were, you know, you talk about, is it the chicken or the eggs at the team in front of the goaltenders, the goaltender have that one, this, that, and the next thing. I like that Carter's bounced back in a big way. I like that even though the team has suffered a lot and not gotten results lately, it doesn't seem like it's shaken him. I, I know Jonesy said on the broadcast when I asked him about it um, that last year's experience, as brutal as it was, is probably a huge tool for Carter this year to not um, get bogged down by team results that he you know contributed as much as he could to in a positive way. Um, so I, I'm happily surprised at how well Carter has bounced back this year, both um, when the team is doing well and when they haven't. Uh, it seems like he handle he's handling it the best you could ask anyone to handle it, and he's still a young guy. So um, I do appreciate that. I, I appreciate that Martin Jones is probably exactly what you'd hoped he would be this year. Um and the Flyers kind of need that. You know, he's not going to win the Vesna, but he's a pretty solid backup. Um, bad surprise. Uh, I mean, all of the injuries. <laughs> There's yes. like so many of them. Um, you know, long term for Kevin Hayes, long term IR for Joel, or yeah, IR for Joel. Um, you know, long term for Ryan Ellis, long term for Sean Couturier. You know, we're talking about a lot of long term injuries to big name players that you expect it to be regular contributors night in and night out. Um, I, I'm shocked that it's been the way it's been this year in terms of injury. I don't, I, I just don't even I, like half, most of the night, half the team are, are it's the phantoms and the flyers. It's half and half. And that's certainly not the way anybody planned for the season to go. Um, so I know people are tired of hearing about the injuries. I'm tired of talking about the injuries, but the reality of the situation is, they still impact the game every single night. 
They are still present. They're going to continue to be present and they do impact the quality of the hockey the team can play. I know people talk about, you know, if you're a young guy, you have to use this as an opportunity and you're this, that, and the next thing. When in reality, like the ceiling for most players is not playing like Sean Couturier. So even if they play to their very best level, they, they probably are not Sean Couturier. And so missing Sean Couturier still will impact your team. That's a big part of things. Um, but it looks like Derek Broussard's coming back soon. That would be a big help um, probably after the all-star break. And, you know, they have had young kids step up. I think, you know, Isaac Ratcliffe looked very good the other night. That was a nice surprise. Um, Morgan Frost seemed to re- regain some confidence in his game and was the most impressive I think we've seen him play uh, against the Kings. Um I like, I know Cam York kind of spiked and then plateaued, but I think he's settling in in a way that you have to appreciate. So there's some happy surprises. I mean, Jerry Mayhew, happy surprise. So there are some happy surprises, even in the bad surprise there, Jordan. What are yours? I'd love to hear yours. No, I really like those, Taryn. Uh, Really, really do. And there are good things to look at. I know a lot of people will focus on the negatives, but there are good things to look at. Uh, One for me, Taryn, I think will be a good surprise. Cam York. I didn't expect him to really be playing an everyday role. I thought if things went as planned for the Flyers, they would have really had a set defensive group. Um, So Cam York being here and showing that he belongs, I think he's winning a job right now in their their defensive group next season. So that's a real positive. I thought maybe he would still be with the Phantoms at this point, having a really good year at the AHL level and being in the conversation next year. Right now, he looks terrific. I think he can play up in their defensive group. I think he can play down. Uh, he looks like a calm, cool, confident uh, power play quarterback. So I think he's winning the jo- uh, winning a job next season in their opening night lineup. So to me, that's a very good surprise. Best surprise, I would say, and I don't mean this in the way that maybe some people are going to misconstrue it, is Claude Drew being the Flyers' all-star. I think Claude Drew is still an all-star type of player, and I think he's only getting better with age. But I think it's a sign that the team is hurt. It doesn't have enough depth. And Claude Drew at 34 years old in a contract year is being forced to be their best player. And that I think is a sign of the things that people didn't want to see uh, that he would have to be carrying this team at his age. He does have some good pieces around him. Cam Atkinson, I think has played uh, to an all-star quality. Um, Some other guys have stepped up on the back end in depth roles at four, but I didn't think Claude Drew would have to be an all-star player, and he is their lone all-star. I think we were all hoping maybe a Joel Farabee or a young player like Konechny or maybe Ryan Ellis would be a stud on the back end, and he would be their all-star. Maybe Carter Hart. Uh, I would have liked to have seen a different all-star this year. Um, Unfortunately, Claude Drew has had to do a ton. He's had to play center again. He's had to play really to be the guy. He has had to be the guy, and I think – it would have been nice to see someone else step up there. So that would be my best surprise, Terrence. Claude Drew being an all-star for the seventh time in a contract year. Uh, maybe, if anything, that will certainly help his trade value if the team decides that wants to move on from him and Claude Drew decides he wants to waive his no-trade clause. Not saying that's going to happen, but if it does, uh, Claude Drew is having a great year. And if the team and Drew decide to part ways, uh, he is certainly going to warrant a great package in return that can maybe help the Flyers aggressively retool, as Chuck Fletcher put it. 
So that's the title of the podcast now. Jordan Hall, quote, unhappy surprise, Claude Giroux is the team's all-star. Yes. And we'll just we'll just attract all the all the G haters. No, I mean, I do, I I mean, he's another happy surprise, though. I I yeah. think that my first year covering the team, I thought he almost seemed frustrated at himself when he couldn't do things still that he had been able to do prior to the abdominal injury and the, you know, this the all the I mean, that's a year-long setback. Everyone Scott talks about, everyone I talk to. You know, people acknowledge you're, you're just not yourself for probably a year. I thought even my first year here, he was sometimes frustrated at the fact that he was used to having a certain step and it was almost like his mind was moving at a speed that his body wasn't catching up to. And I think at that point, people wondered, is it age? Is it this? Is it that? I, and I think clearly the way he's progressed in years since, I, I think it was just still regaining some of what he had prior. And then you look at where he's at this year and you're like, it's it's his best year since prior to that massive injury that he had to, you know, recover from. So I'm with you there where I think he's he is a happy surprise. It's that he's at a certain level that no one else is at this season is an unhappy surprise because you kind of expected the playing most of the playing field to be there for the Flyers this year. Yeah. And they just haven't been because Ellis missing has hurt Provorov's game. And yeah. uh, you know, I think Obviously, it's affected all three D pairs, although I think Sandheim and Ristolainen still would have been together. And then the depth isn't there. And some of, you know, TK has been not himself still, which is probably a bit of an unhappy surprise. But like, Taryn, like 2019 20, that was such a one, a very good season. And it was such a promising sign that Travis Konechny blossomed into an all star. Like, here you're mm -hmm. thinking, not a changing of the guard, but Claude Drew's getting help. And some of their young foundation pieces are taking that big next step into becoming a player. Not just a piece, but a player. And it just, this year, we haven't seen that. We haven't seen yeah. it. And it's a shame that um, that you haven't because it's now. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry. No worries. <laughs> um, it's a shame because now there's a ton of discussion about Claude Drew being traded instead of, hey, the Flyers are in the standings, they're in the playoff picture, Claude Drew is one of the pieces, and this team yeah. has to do something in his final year of his contract. Well, uh, and even when the Flyers were were really good in 2019-2020 and Travis Konechny was their all-star, they when you look at that postseason run and when you look at the run even before the postseason, like they did it by committee. Yep. This is a team, this group that they have is, is an accomplished by committee group. Um, TK, when he was an all-star, didn't blow anybody away in points. I think Kevin Hayes was actually right behind him in terms of points. Um, and then not far off of that was like G and Jake and the other contributors on the team. Uh, but that's the thing is that you were hoping that that was, and, and you still can hope. I think it's very fair to still continue to hope that that was the step in a direction for Travis Konechny where he becomes even more of a star than when he was an all-star. Um, the problem is, is that it seems like that COVID year, the 2020, 2021 season, technically, um, I know we've talked about it at length on this podcast before he kind of acknowledged, like really didn't have a ton of resources and probably came into the season, not in the shape he wanted to be in. And then this year, I mean, some of it's his play. Some of it, I would also attribute to just the team being all over the place and 
power play being all over the place and coaching staffs changing and like, but yeah, you're right. Some of it is you were hoping that he would be a foundational piece, not just a piece. And I still think he can be, I think, I think he has to prove that. Um, but we'll see. It was inter- that was something that popped out at me, and and you never know. Like people do choose their words wisely in press conferences, but sometimes you just don't you don't know um, exactly what people uh, mean. But when Chuck was talking about the winning core that he felt like the Flyers still has, I, I believe he didn't say Konechny's name. And that was something that jumped out at me because I think if you had asked that question prior to the 2020-2021 season, TK for sure would have been one of your your core, your winning core players. Um, but and he still can be, like I said before, it's just a matter of he's he's gotta be. <laughs> and that's not been the case lately. Um so we'll see. I we'll see what happens. It's I'll be very interested to see how things play out after this break and if they can get some people back and what things look like. But um, I'm with you there. If Joel was healthy, you would have loved to see Joel among those, among the all-stars. I think it would be an experience that probably also would feed Joel. Like I, I think he likes that people don't talk about him as a young player anymore. They just talk about him as a good player who can contribute a lot. Problem is he hasn't been healthy. Like G's 34. He's been healthy. And he's contributed consistently in part because availability is one of the best abilities. Um, so the Flyers got to figure out whatever's going on with, with their health situation. They, I don't even, I don't know how you have that many like hip groin abdominal injuries on one team. I don't know. I don't understand it. It is wild because like, it's not like a broken bone. Like those soft tissue injuries are concerning all the time because they can flare up. They can re-aggravate. Whereas like, it's, the Flyers haven't had like any broken bones where it's like, okay, I know firmly that guy is going to be out three to four weeks mm-hmm. or whatever it may be and be back and be good. Like it's so many of these soft tissue kind of. And not like, not like, I mean, I know Couturier is technically upper body, but when you're talking about um, like Kevin Hayes, as we know, for instance, right. He's talked about it. It's like abdominal core muscle, whatever um is it's easy to aggravate it a million different ways walking stretching skating playing checking everything it's easy those those muscles are easy to irritate doing literally anything Mm -hmm. and so you know when you have certain muscle strain issues you know like i've i've pulled my hamstring many a time in my life and it sucks and it hurts and everything else, but like you, I figured out ways to not strain it when I'm walking or to sit a certain way or whatever, where you can avoid really using it. Like I, when I interviewed Kevin Hayes one-on-one at the beginning of the season, like he couldn't even, we're talking about, I don't know if they were calling it hip groin, but it's really more of like an abdominal type of injury and he couldn't sit. Like that's how easy it is to bother those injuries. Like it's, it's, he had to sit with his leg on a thing because he said, I have to like sit with my leg up. Otherwise it kind of pulls down on your body and it, and it bothers me. Um, and I told him, I was like, we can stand up and do the interview. And he was like, no, I mean, I have to sit down all day long, so it's fine. I just have to prop my leg up on something. Those injuries suck because it's just, everything bothers them. So I don't know. It's just, 
it's hard too because when you think about JVR joking about like the A on Kevin's sweaters for assistant GM, like it really is. It's him, a bunch of his buddies, and he can't be there. And actually, a bunch of his buddies are injured too. So it's true. Just brutal. Just brutal. Sorry to everybody who doesn't like to hear about injuries, but that's yeah. <laughs> it's what we talk about now. And the good thing is it's it's opened the window for some younger guys that we get a chance to see, and that's a positive. Uh, you get a chance to see Cam York, maybe Morgan Frost in bigger responsibilities. Um, Jer- I mean, Jerry Mayhew, obviously not a younger player, but a fun guy that can score a little bit, and he's starting to show what he can do. So you're getting a chance to see people that maybe perhaps you believe are going to be big pieces to the future. And that's to me, there's never a boring season ever. Uh, when things are bad, it's entertaining because maybe things are being shaken up. People are being let go, hired, all that fun stuff. When things are good, it's entertaining because the team's winning and winning is entertaining. Uh, fans are interested, so on and so forth. So to me, never a boring season. And I don't find this season boring. Um, I find different angles where there's interest and intrigue. And part of it's seeing some of these young players. Part of it's wondering what Chuck Fletcher is going to do next, what the organization is going to do next to get back into being relevant again in terms of the standings and to the fan base. Taryn, what did you think of the crowd on Saturday? Obviously, the listed attendance was like 13,700-something. Very small crowd, but obviously it was in the middle of a snowstorm with a 1 o'clock puck drop. I don't think people were going to be waking up, um, cleaning off their cars and driving through snow, obviously, to see a team that had lost 13 straight. Well, also, it wasn't plowed in Philly. So if you were like me, except for you didn't get paid to go to the game, I I wouldn't have taken my car out on the road if I didn't have to go to work because it was not plowed in Philadelphia, um, except for by the stadium. So I guess shout out to the stadium crew that did that. Uh, I'll say this. I loved the the move to give fans like whatever free food they gave them and then send them to the lower bowl because it created a different atmosphere that I found much more enjoy enjoyable than some of the other, like I'm trying to think of what game I attended the Islanders game that was at home. I attended that game and, you know, was not it was a really sparse crowd i know there were issues with ticketing because it was some people had tickets for the wing for the red wings game that was originally scheduled that day and then couldn't get in or whatever there's all kinds of issues i know that but you almost wish in those games where the lower bowl was not it was pretty sparse and then you look at the upper decks and the upper decks are full that they would just let people come down i know that's not how things go but Um, It was nice because when you pack that lower bowl like that, it really felt exciting again. It, you felt more people were more of the energy of the people were involved. And I love that. Um, And, you know, I, Scott Allen, I went and sat and watched the Keith Yandel ceremony before the game and the fans were coming down. Then we stayed and watched some of the first period down there. And it is such a different, it's so much more lifeless when you just have those those empty seats below and all these fans up top versus when you just let all those people come down. So I thought that was a great reward for everyone who braved the snow to come and sit down there. I'm glad the Flyers could get those people a win um, because I can't imagine if you went through all that and then like couldn't get through it. Um but I, I, you know, yeah, it was a smaller crowd, but it was a little bit cozier. People probably aren't going to like that word, but I, it was like a cozy 
It was a snowy day out. You've got everybody packed into the lower bowl. They're all into it. There were, I remember part of, I'm a little bit, um, bias in this and that there was like a little kid who was walking down and like I heard him say his dad like why are, I thought our, ta- our seats were upstairs and and the dad was like no they gave us new seats and the kid was like this is so cool I, like I heard the whole conversation and I'm just sitting there like that's what this is really all about I know everybody can get you know mad and we're all super invested in this team and it means so much to so many different people but at the end of the day it's it's supposed to be entertaining and fun. And for that kid, it was an entertaining, fun day it, during, you know, crappy weather and slush outside and the freezing cold. And that's cool. I mean, that's cool. It kind of brings you back to like, this is why we do the things we do and why we love it so much and why we're so lucky to do it. So I enjoyed it. I had fun. How about you, Jordy? Yeah, I, I, one totally expected that type of crowd. I don't know how many people were actually there. That was the listed attendance was thirteen thousand seven hundred something. My uh, guess was twelve because if you fill the low, the lower bowl is bigger than the upper decks, yeah. so it's got to be like more than half of the yeah. of the total attendance. Would that was my my guess was like twelve, but I didn't see the ticketed number, so. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Jordan. I cut you no, off. No, you're fine. No, that's that's what I, I was thinking in that range, maybe 11,000, 12,000. Kudos to the fans that got there. I'm really glad they got a win. I felt they deserved that. It was not easy to get to that stadium. So if you were there, uh, you were truly a diehard fan that really just wanted to see, you know, a sport and maybe enjoy it with a family member like that youngster and his dad. And for the people that are trying to say, like, oh, the Flyers closed off the mezzanine level because they just wanted it to look better on TV, like, no. They were going like people were going to be aware that they closed the mezzanine level. It wasn't like they were trying to act like the whole lower bowl was filled with people at the mezzanine level. Like it was going to be reported by many people that the mezzanine is closed. They were just doing a very cool gesture to the fans that showed up. And hey, did you have tickets up high? Come down, sit down low, be closer, enjoy the game, hear some free food as well. I thought that was just it was just good gestures all around. And it turned out to be a good day for the Flyers and their fans that were there. So I thought it was and those, great. And listen, the people that want to hate because they're like, oh, well, they just want the lower bowl to be full. If the lower bowl was empty and they kept people in the mezzanine, would you not be sitting here going, that lower bowl is empty and they still have people sitting up in the mezzanine level? Right. It just Why not choose the more the, the more compassionate of the two roads and the more appreciative of the two roads than the negative one, you know? Yes. It's, it's very similar to a baseball game after a long rain delay. They let people move down to the lower level. They let pe- maybe people sit by the dugout because the ones that stayed, they understand like, hey, come on down. It's just a nice gesture. That's all it was. And um, listen, both things played a factor. The terrible weather played a factor. I mean, I was up around eight-ish, like getting ready to clean my car off. If I didn't have to work, I certainly I don't think I would have been going to a sporting event on Saturday. Probably would have been staying home and just – relaxing so the people that literally went out of their way and tried to get in there great for them and i'm glad those fans were rewarded and 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 yes the team having lost 13 straight and not being like a real worthy ticket right now also played a factor too so both things played a factor in the attendance uh but at least it turned out to be a fun event for i think the people that were there and and for the flyers too the, the players being able to finally enjoy a win in front of their fans good stuff all the way around but Taryn, there is one more home game before the All-Star break, and there are plenty of home games coming up. The team does have a long stretch here 
of home games. So let's see if they can make it interesting for their fans and maybe make it interesting for the people following the team of maybe starting to climb the standings a little bit and uh, and see where this thing goes. But we let's see if Philadelphia ever plows their streets ever again. The city, yeah. I would love it. Mayor Kenny, just I'll drive the truck myself. <laughs> You heard it here, folks. Taryn Hatcher is going to start plowing the streets of Philadelphia next snowstorm. If I get a truck. If you get a truck. and that I'm not plow. going out there with a shovel. No. <laughs> that would take Did a I while. Get... That would take a while. <laughs> just Market Street. Just plow Market Street for me. I I don't know about you. I don't live that far. For, it only takes me like 15 minutes to drive to work. It took me like 35 minutes because literally it was just tires on snow and ice that day. <laughs> Not a good combination, folks, uh, for yeah. your commute to work. Um, well, and I'm sure, like, oh, I think of all the people, sorry, like the people who are coming from, like, Delaware, South Jersey, or, like, out in, like, Pottstown or whatever. If you made that hike to that game on that day and your area was anything like what Old City was like that day, God bless you. I hope you get lower-level bowl tickets for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. Because I thought I was going to die, like, multiple yeah. times. So. No, it was uh, it was definitely dicey for sure, and I'm glad everyone that did go to dicey. The game, Sorry, dicey. <laughs> Hopefully, everyone got home. Dicey and icy. <laughs> um, Sorry, but Taryn, I cannot wait to watch. I got like a whole bunch of energy now. I can tell. <laughs> cannot wait to watch pre and post game live uh, with Taryn Hatcher, our very own, uh, and 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 hopefully enjoy a good hockey game before the All Star break. But Taryn, thank you so much as always. Great seeing you. Great chatting with you. A special thank you to Ben Berry our podcast producer and guru. Thank you to him as always. And of course, Flyers fans, last but not least, thank you so much for listening to the Flyers Talk podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and listen. And we can't wait to talk to you next time.